Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand in hand with baking for those we love. Today, Happy New Year! We're ringing in 2018 by kicking off National Baking Month. This January has it all, from pies to cakes to cookies made with tea. But first up is a challenge, classic cream puffs to celebrate, what else? National Cream Puff Day on January 6th. We'll also share some of our New Year's baking resolutions. So pour yourself some coffee and get ready for some sweet talk. Happy New Year, Andrea 2018! Happy New Year, Stefan! This is one of my favorite days of the year. How about you? I love it. And I met my husband on New Year's Eve, which loyal listeners might remember. So we just celebrated 20 years. Can you believe that, Andrea? I'm having a hard time believing that. (laughs) That is a hard uh, number to believe. Do you have a photo from that night by any chance? We don't have a photo from that night since we just okay. met. It might have been a little odd to be like, hey. <laughs> this was pre, pre-selfie, pre-cell phone days. It totally was, <laughs> yes. We do have one from our first anniversary of meeting, though. And so that that dates it very nicely. I don't think we yeah. had changed kind of, you know, too dramatically <laughs> in that first year. But I ask because I think it's so funny. I'll do a similar thing. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, that was 15 years ago. It feels like it was yesterday. And then I'll look at a picture and go, mm, no, that was a long time ago. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Some time has passed. Yes. I know. Um, no. I wanted to share with you a little bit of my experience baking those or making those apple cider caramels that we talked about last week in episode 57. Yeah, during Bonbons and Bars Month. Yes. Yes. And a start uh, with a shout out to listener Jocelyn because I think she saved my bacon. So mm. I was I was making the caramels and it first involves boiling down some apple cider into a kind of a thick syrupy right you know liquid as opposed to just a, a nice drinkable beverage yeah and that went fine you know 45 minutes of boiling and that was nice and thick and then you add the butter and the sugar and the cream and you bring it to a boil and it has to get to the soft ball stage. And I don't have a candy thermometer. So I was just using the old school tools of, you know, the little bowl of ice water and you'd drop it in. Okay. And I could not get my caramel to get to soft ball stage. The recipe had said about five minutes. And I set my timer for five minutes hmm. and it didn't happen. And I set my timer for another five minutes and it didn't happen. And I set my timer for another five minutes and it didn't happen. Oh my gosh, so you're working on like 20 minutes here, 15 minutes, Yes, 20 I'm, minutes? I'm thinking this is probably not right to be boiling this all day. And I went back to our Facebook group and Jocelyn had posted on um, our toffee recipe that mm. she makes toffee quite a bit and that her one tip was never to make it on a rainy day as it really would affect the candy making. And I okay. looked out the window and it was pouring outside. I mean, it was just dumping buckets of rain. And 
at that point, I just relaxed. I thought, okay, yes. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's the weather. It's out of my hands. It's yes. out of my hands. And I don't know if there really was the weather or not, but I did, I just found myself going, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. I cranked up the heat a little bit higher. Okay. And I thought, you know, if it goes another hour, it goes another hour. Who cares? I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just trying to make candy here. So sure enough, after I cranked up the heat and kind of relaxed a little bit, um, it was ready in about five minutes. And it was forming the nice soft balls in the water. And I was so happy. I poured it into the 8x8 pan. It was beautiful. I let it chill for two hours. I had a well-oiled knife. And I was cutting them. They were slicing beautifully. And I was just about to do a happy dance. I was like, this was the best thing I've ever done. And then Uh I went, (laughs) right? And then I went to remove the caramels from the parchment paper. Okay. And I could not get those things off. They were stuck so solidly to the bottom that, you know, as I I tried to scrape them off, I tried to peel the parchment off, and everything I tried to do then would misshape the caramels. So they were nice, beautiful, rectangular squares when I cut them, and now they're just turning into these massive lumps as I try to scrape them off the sheet. So um, they tasted absolutely wonderful. There was no issue with the taste. Um, They looked beautiful prior to removing them from the parchment. I did just end up putting them in the small squares of wax paper and wrapping them up and figuring... You know, for the couple of people that I did give them to, the, I warned them, hey, you might have to scrape these off the paper with your teeth. <laughs> so have fun with that. Or just go ahead. You know, it's not going to hurt you to swallow that paper. <laughs> so um, oh. I, I have to say, looking back on December, that the toffee was easy, delicious, and a success from the candy-making front. The caramels, I still need to do some work on. So um, stay tuned, listeners. I'm sure we're going to have many more candies in our future, and I probably will break down and get myself a candy thermometer because I'm wondering if perhaps, even though I felt like it was forming the softballs in the cold water, maybe that it wasn't hot enough. It wasn't at the right temperature. Well, I mean, you did quite a bit of research before you made that candy on the Smitten Kitchen website and I remember you had said there was quite a kind of a lively forum going on there had anyone mentioned the sticking problem I didn't go back and look to see if anyone mentioned this specific sticking problem you know a lot of people just said this was the hardest thing I've ever done and Mm so maybe that translates into it's incredibly difficult to remove them from the parchment Um, I did go back and look at the recipe I thought oh maybe I was supposed to oil or spray the parchment yeah it didn't it did it didn't say that um I ended up going with the Smitten Kitchen. I had also mentioned the King Arthur recipe. The reason I went with the Smitten Kitchen is it used a third a cup of heavy cream, and it used white sugar and brown sugar. Mm -hmm. And the King Arthur recipe used two cups of heavy cream and a cup of corn syrup. And I thought, "Eh, I like the Smitten Kitchen ingredients better. Okay, right. And and there is that weather factor. I mean, when I try it again, I'm going to try it on a day where it's not pouring rain and 100% humidity because um, I think Jocelyn had it right on. that. that I, I knew that affected candy making. And I just, you know, in this part of the world, if you didn't do things on days it's rained, you would be... <laughs> 
limiting yourself. So I didn't even think about, you know, I shouldn't do this today. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because the weather will also affect uh, bread making or even pie making because when there's a lot of moisture in the air, something that you are adding flour to, like in a kneading process or a rolling out process, the air takes some of that away and and you might have to add more ingredient than you would on, say, a drier day. So yeah, it's, it's actually a real factor, uh, which is kind of a funny thing to think about as a home home baker, but there you go. Yeah, so um, anyway, I just wanted to share that with our listeners and um, to say that that was kind of a fun way for me to end the year, and I'm now looking forward to starting a new year with some new recipes. So we're so excited, Andrea. Doesn't January just seem like it was titled for preheated? It is National Baking Month. Yes. And... We didn't even come up with that, so someone else did. (laughs) Thanks a lot. So we're kicking off 2018. We thought it would just be a fun month to play around with a variety of things, pies, cakes, cookies, and we are going to start with perhaps a challenging recipe. So January 6th, I'm sure that you are aware, is, of course, National Cream Puff Day. Oh, it's on my calendar. (laughs) So you bet. So for folks who don't know, a cream puff is uh, almost like a hollow, very airy, eggy uh, dough that you you bake and it gets very kind of light and fluffy and then you fill it with a pastry cream, very similar to a pastry cream you would see in like a fresh fruit tart or a Boston cream pie, something like that. So as far as, you know, ingredients, there's not a lot of them. Uh, This is a Martha Stewart recipe. I think the steps are fairly straightforward, but it's a two-parter. So you make the cream puff and you also are making the pastry cream filling. So give yourself some time for this one. Andrea, I made a savory cream puff, uh, although I think when they're savory, you call them something else, which escapes me right now because savory cream puff just doesn't sound too appetizing. (laughs) But they were basically the same same vessel. Cream puff, yeah, but they were filled with cheese instead of the instead Mm. of the cream creamy um, sweet pastry filling. So um, that's the only experience I have. Do you have experience making cream puffs? I have zero experience making cream puffs, and I am okay. fairly intimidated by this okay. recipe for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, other than the tarte tatin that we made from Martha Stewart, oh gosh, when was that? Back in May, I think. Um, I've not had a lot of success with Martha Stewart recipes. Okay. Um, I think that she's such an accomplished baker that she sometimes doesn't go into the level of detail that I need. Um, right. Or she just simply is um, counting on people to read the instructions very, very carefully and follow them precisely. And that's, as you know, not my style. <laughs> So, I, you know, I'm thinking back to my biggest Martha Stewart disaster, which is, it's not really baking, but it is related. Um, I got the Martha Stewart Living magazine. I always love to look at that. And one year at Easter, it came with these just beautifully decorated Easter eggs. I think they were called like Russian eggs or something. Mm. Oh, I remember that, actually. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the article, and I thought, well, I could do this. And oh. how, how fun would this be? And I remember I went to the store, and I bought five dozen eggs because I thought like this was just going to be so much fun and I got home 60 eggs <laughs> I got I was just going to have this little like jewel box full of these works of art oh. I got home 
And step one was to prick a pinhole in the egg and somehow blow out the yep. contents. You had to this blow all the eggs. Yes. Tiny little hole. So step one of this like whatever 50 step recipe took me like two hours. I mean, I could not <laughs> figure out how to do it. So I finally got one egg done and I thought to myself, this is insane. I, I, I'm only on step one of this, you know, 20-step recipe. I've got 60 eggs. There's no way I'm going to do this. And so I just ended up, you know, boiling all the eggs and dropping them into the little containers of... Yeah, with the fizzy tablet like yeah, everyone the- else. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. As as millions of mothers have done for years ahead of me and, and calling it a day. So when I saw Martha Stewart, and especially when I saw things like... Um, she titles the pastry cream, no fuss pastry cream, which I always feel like, you know, Martha, come on. You love nothing more than a fuss. So why are you <laughs> claiming this is no fuss? Um, I did note as well in the note on the cream puffs, she said the foundation of a perfect cream puff is light, airy, patachou. Um, and so I did look that up, and that is a classic French pastry. Right. And, you know, it is, as you said, just four ingredients, butter, water, flour, and eggs. And mm-hmm. instead of any sort of leavening or rising agent, you use steam and moisture yeah. to create mm-hmm. the puff on these. So I'm super excited about doing it. I've never made a pastry on the stovetop. And... Um, I don't know. My fingers are crossed. I'm hoping it works out well. Yeah. And, you know, um, listeners remember when we did do that tart to tan, you had incredible success and it was a complete flop for me. It was like spilling all over the kitchen and, you know, my cast iron skillet was, you know, smoking. And um, so, yes, it is a bit of a leap of faith to tackle this. (laughs) My daughter in particular loves cream puffs. When we lived in Seattle, there's actually a Vietnamese restaurant and they serve them as kind of a... um, a little dessert like they'd bring it with your oh bill. nice and nice. they when they're done well they're just so delicious i feel like i have um more confidence with the pastry cream just from making boston cream pies fairly frequently or other things like that so i will actually defend martha a little i think this pastry cream on the on a read through does look a little easier um and i think part okay. of that is because you're thickening it with cornstarch and I believe if you were going to be a real purist, you would just do like the boiling and not uh, not put cornstarch or at least not as much as this recipe calls for. So oh, okay. So I okay, hope well, I hope it will be easier, better. but still really delicious. So okay. Um, anyway, yes, that is uh, Martha's classic cream puffs from uh, MarthaStewart.com, and we'll also put a link to that on our website, which is PreheatedPodcast.com. And also on our Pinterest and Facebook pages. So we hope that you celebrate National Cream Puff Day with us and bake along. Let us know how it goes. I think it's appropriate we're starting out the new year with something that's a little bit of a challenge. That'll make it a a fun year for us, I think. Absolutely. So speaking of that, Andrea, it is that time of year to speak about our 2018 baking resolutions. I'm sure we both have (laughs) resolutions in other areas of our life, but it's really fun to kind of just drill down in this one area. So in addition to perfecting a classic cream puff, what's going to, what's going to be some of your resolutions this year? I have a couple. Um, First of all, I find it hysterical that I think most of the world, if they're making a resolution, it would be not to bake. And we... (laughs) At least in January. And and we, of course, say, no, we're going to dive deep. So um, my first one is I want to find and use more of what I call 
template recipes. And what I mean by this are things like our English toffee from episode 56, where Mm -hmm. you, you know, it had a certain amount of butter and chocolate and nuts and sugar, but you could modify accordingly. If you wanted to use dark chocolate instead of milk chocolate, you could do that. If you wanted to use almonds instead of pecans, you could do that. Um, also from episode 53, the party cake builder right? that I talked about there. I mean, again, it is, here's the recipe, and if you want to do cupcakes, you do one of the cake recipe. If you want to do a two-layer um, eight-inch cake, do two of the cake recipe. If you want to do a sheet cake, do this. You know, I just, I love that sort right. of um, cooking, things that are easily mo- modified for size, um, you know, like cupcakes or eight inch cake or nine inch cake. But then I'm also talking about things that are easily modified for flavor. So changing the nuts, changing the chocolate. Um, one that I also thought of was, uh, the, um, strata, breakfast strata. And again, that's, that's one where it's like this amount of bread, this amount of eggs, this amount of cream or milk, and then, you know, whatever's in your fridge. So I, I just, I just love that kind of baking. Um, my second big baking resolution, and I've already gotten started on this, so I'm feeling really good about it, is... Oh my gosh, we are like moments into the new year. And <laughs> I know. Well, you're knocking this out of the park. 2018, what a yeah, year for you. Uh, I mean, to be completely honest, I actually started this mid-December, and that is my pantry clean out. And... Um, and what I mean by that is keeping up to date on my pantry. So okay. I'm, I actually am really good about keeping my refrigerator up to date and clean. And and when I say I, I mean my husband. He is <laughs> sort of obsessive about it. And um, our garbage service provides compost. So mm-hmm. every two weeks we can, you know, put uh, any food waste into compost. And He's gotten into the routine, and now I'm in the routine of, you know, that day before the compost goes out, we go through the entire fridge. And we, you -hmm. know, look at dates. We get rid of anything that's, you know, just no longer looking like it should be in there. And, you know, it's just perfect for those times where uh, with the baking that we do, a lot of times I have these little leftover things. I'll have like a third a cup of heavy cream leftover, or I'll have a couple of egg whites in there. Or um, I had some gingerbread dough from Christmas time that I intended to cook but never got around to. And that's a good time to just say, you know what, this stuff is eggs and cream and it doesn't need to languish wish any longer it needs to go but I wasn't as good about doing that in my pantry okay Um, right but one of the things that I do for um, you know stocking stuffers is things like spices so I did kind of mid-December go through my pantry and clear up my whole spice section and order some new spices and you know once how you know how you start on one section of the pantry and then you get all inspired once I did that I was like oh well now I need to go through this shelf and this shelf and this shelf and I did I have a lot of glass jars and mason jars and I've always put things in them in the pantry because I find that way it's easier to use things when you see them Um, but one thing I was bad about was labeling them and I think that's because I do have a label machine but it's downstairs in my office and of course that would require me to go downstairs so you know as I'm in the pantry and thinking I should label this I think yeah I'll grab the label machine later and I never do well yeah I finally got my act together and got a Sharpie and a roll of masking tape and put that in the pantry. And so now... I was just going to say that. Sometimes you just read my mind. I was just going to say, oh, what I do is masking tape and a Sharpie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I don't... 
Yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out, but I finally figured it out. So now I take my Sharpie and I write on there and I, you know, slap it right on the container. And um, it's just working so well for me. So I'm, I really want to stay on top of my pantry. I want to do the same thing that I do with the refrigerator is go through it about uh, twice a month and just say, are there things in here that need to yeah, move yeah. on? You know, are these three sticks of spaghetti that are left over from a year ago, am I really going to cook with them? So those are my baking resolutions. How about you? Those are some great ones. And I have to say, I kind of did a pantry clean out when we moved. Oh, so I'm yes. not to the point quite yet. I'm really trying to to stay on top of it so it, it doesn't get to a... Um, overwhelming like it was when I left Seattle so uh, partly I'm helped because it's a much smaller area I have to store things but it it can quickly overcome me so um, I know exactly how great that feels Um, so let's see Uh, one thing that that I've been talking about over the months that we've been here in England is you know how some of the ingredients that I really use a lot are different. And so a good good examples are cream cheese, which is softer in the UK, or not being able to find semi-sweet chips, chocolate chips, things like that. And I just kind of had this epiphany, I don't know, a, a while ago, and I just thought, you know, you just got to let that go. Yeah. Uh, maybe you cannot be making delicious cheesecakes for the next two years, but you could make a whole host of other things that are – you know, equally delicious and fun to make and can make a new memory for you. But that's that's kind of my overarching more, I don't know, my holistic resolution, which is to just like let that go, you know. It I doesn't mean that. that I will never make a cheesecake again. It means while I'm here, I'm going to set that one aside yeah. and have something to look forward to when I visit the States. So Well, and especially you have so many things um, you've you have there that you don't have in the States. I mean the the freshness of your eggs and the cream and the multiple types of eggs and cream and apples and you know all these things that are so wonderful if you're a baker. It's like, you know, my gosh, would you trade that for semi-sweet chocolate chips? I, I don't know. Maybe that's a hard question, but mm. <laughs> well. not if you keep sending them to me, then I'm golden. So yes. <laughs> I think I can have the best of both worlds. But yeah, I, did, I just think in general, I mean, that's how we've tried to adapt to the other areas of our life, which is, oh, this is a little bit different. And that's all part of the reason that we're actually here and having this experience. Yeah. So that's that's what I really just want to remind myself in the kitchen. Um, two other things I need badly, and it, it reminded me again when you were talking about your pantry, organizing your pantry, my recipes are out of control. And we talked way back in, I think, like episode two or three, we talked about the the different ways that you and I organize our recipes. And I have a very kind of old-fashioned paper. I'm a very paper person. So I, if I see a magazine article or recipe or newspaper, I tear it out, and then I file it in a corresponding category in a file folder box well that thing is just like straining at the seams I can't even stuff anything in anymore it's like popping out the top (laughs) it's just time to reassess so I think what I have to do is set some really clear guidelines for myself and say you know I mean, Andrea, it, it is not it is not a joke to tell you. There's recipes in there from like 1998 that I've I've never made, and for whatever reason, you know, it's a beautiful picture that goes with it. Or I just keep saying like one day, but that day hasn't come in like you know 20 years now. Right. So I think if I haven't made it in five years, yeah. then it's it's going. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. that's kind of my goal. But just to get that in a manageable 
uh, quantity yeah. again. Yeah. So I think that's great. I I am doing a similar thing. As you know, I use um, the online version. So I use that app called AnyList. And right. I I continue to find more ways to enhance my use of it. Um, it does have a meal calendar in there. So one thing that I missed from my paper recipe days is I used to make little notes in the corner of the recipe. You know, I would yeah, put, yeah. you know, date and, you know, Stefan liked it and kids exactly. didn't or that kind of thing. And um, I sort of thought, well, I'm sort of missing that now. But I found the ability to add a note. So I have my meal calendar and I can add a note. So I know when I served it. I know who I served it to. And I okay. can, you know, make whatever notes I want. I can rate every individual recipe. So I can do from one to five stars if needed. And I've been trying to do that more. And then the most important thing that I've been trying to do is categories. So it came with some default categories like main entrees, sides, that type of thing. And I've really be- beefed up the categories, haha, <laughs> right. beefed up, to add things like <laughs> beef, <laughs> poultry, pork, because a lot of the way, you know, we order a cow and a pig every year, and so we have this freezer full of that stuff. And a lot of the way I cook is by going to the freezer and saying, you know, gosh, I've got to use some pork. So it didn't help me just yeah. to have a main dish category. I needed a pork category. Yeah. And I've added categories for things like gluten-free and dairy-free because that was another one that um, there's many dishes that I make that are gluten-free and dairy-free, but I wasn't really thinking about it because uh, we don't have that sensitivity. But when I need that, that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And now I just have a category I can go and search for that. So it's super helpful. And in fact, I have found lately that it influences my choice of recipes even when I'm cooking because you can import a recipe directly from a website into the app, which then then allows you to um, automatically add the ingredients to your grocery list if you choose to or the ingredients that you need. And, you know, something about the coding and the the science behind the scenes, some recipes import and some don't. So if I found a recipe I want to try and I hit the import and it says like, sorry, can't import this one, I'll be like, "Ah, I'll find another one. (laughs) So Yeah. And you know, one thing is you're talking about that. I mean, I'm a pretty diehard paper person. I have a paper planner. I'm a, I am. Mm-hmm. But one thing that, that sounds would appeal to me is it sounds like you can uh, categorize recipes by more than one category. So yes, but I can't do that with a piece of paper. So for example, something like seafood pasta. Well, do I put it in pasta or do I want it in seafood? Like I'd like right. to cross file that, you yes. know? All right. Well, that's something to think about. So yeah, that okay. I find that very handy. I mean, even for our show, you know, I created a category called preheated. Yeah. So yeah. if I, you know, of course I have a category called desserts, but I also have a, you know, I'll I'll be able to say, oh well, we made this last year for preheated, and and again, I'll have a note that'll say it was on this episode, and so I can go back and look. And oh my gosh, yeah. well, maybe 2018 is the year I I merge my. My technology who knows <laughs> well and you know it does seem now that pretty much almost all the um, magazines put their recipes online the only place I've found a challenge with this system is with 
cookbooks and I do dearly love cookbooks I still love to buy them I love it when people gift them to me and you know I will cook out of them for a while and have them on my kitchen counter and at a certain point I'll put them in my cookbook shelf and that's when I sort of stop using them Mm -hmm. and I would love it um, and in fact, I need to look into this. I think I think maybe even some of our listeners use this. I, I think there's a website or a program you can join called Eat Your Books. Have you heard of that? No, but that's a great title. I And I might be wrong on the title, but um, I think listener Amy might use this. And I believe you sign up and you have an account and it somehow allows you, if you can show that you've bought the book, to access those recipes online. Oh, so stay awesome. t- stay tuned. I'll I'll post on our Facebook page about that. I think that would be the final link in my ultimate recipe organization. The- um <laughs> I still would probably buy the books because I think they're so beautiful. And I love reading cookbooks just at night in bed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it to- we have we have that as one of the many things in common that we just read them like actual yes. books. So, yes, um, yes. Well, the last one I just wanted to talk about briefly is something that happened over the holidays. And so in the States, I have a bread machine. And I'm a champion of a bread machine. You will not hear me talk ill of it it's very convenient you dump all your ingredients in you can make just your dough or you can cook off a whole loaf of bread I love mine but it's something I didn't travel with uh just it it was not gonna work with the voltage adapter I don't want to buy a new one here so over the holidays I always make cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning breakfast and it's kind of just a tradition that we have and this year I made them by hand and I hadn't done that in in a long time and it was so nice I'd forgotten how much I really loved making bread completely by hand a yeast a yeast bread yeah and I just thought you know this is a perfect opportunity while I'm away from my bread machine I want to make more bread so that's my actual like thing I want to bake more make of more this bread. year's bread. So Great. maybe we should have a bread month coming up too. We had talked about that. I know some listeners had talked about that. So something to consider for 2018, a preheated resolution. Yeah. Listener Andrew has um, a, I think it was a resolution maybe in 2016 where he did 52 weeks of bread. And so every Whoa. week he would post his loaf that he had made. And I just loved following that. I thought that was such a cool idea. And I would love to do a bread month. I have not made a homemade cinnamon roll in ages. Does it require a lot of kneading? That's where I always get kind of worn out. I don't mind two to three minutes of kneading. But whenever I see something that says, you know, need for (laughs) 10 minutes, I think, oh. (laughs) No, the recipe I use doesn't. It's about, I think it's about three to five. Okay. I could probably do that. I could probably do that. Okay. Yeah, right. absolutely. So those sound like great resolutions. Um, listeners, we would love to know your baking resolutions or any of your 2018 resolutions you should share to care care to share with us. Please, uh, we'll put a post on our Facebook group and you can let us know what those are. And we look forward to hearing from you as we go into the new year and keep our resolutions. Or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time will tell. Well, you're already on yours, so check that one off your list. That's right. <laughs> Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get this episode onto the cooling rack. Next week, we'll combine celebrations for National Peanut Butter Day and National Pie Day with one very indulgent peanut butter pie. We'll also review our cream puffs and see which of the 12 most common kitchen mistakes we're making. Thanks to Anne-Marie Russell for supplying our theme music. You can find Anne-Marie at annemarierussell.com or download her on iTunes or Amazon. 
Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com and on Facebook and Pinterest. If you like our show, please tell a friend and download us on Google and Apple Podcast. We'd also love it if you stuck around for a few minutes to rate and review our show. Everything there will help others find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.